I'm Karen. And I'm Michelle. We're sisters. And homeschool moms. Welcome to the Layers of Learning podcast. Where we talk about family style homeschooling. Hi, welcome to the podcast today. I'm Karen. And I'm Michelle. And today we're going to talk about the student journals that are a part of Layers of Learning. Student journals are kind of like a child's own personal record of what they have learned. When they're finished with it, it becomes sort of an encyclopedia of everything that they've learned. Exactly. I look at the encyclopedia spines that we recommend. Mm-hmm. And our student journals are kind of like the kitty version of that in right. a way. It's like handwritten and hand drawn. And yeah, <laughs> but, but they have the little pictures and the little descriptions and they show what we're learning. And it's all kind of in notebooking slash journal form. Um, ours are pretty casual. Are yeah, yours, Michelle? Yeah. And, they, and they can be used as a way for kids to look back and say, oh, remember when we did that? And, and oh, yeah, these are the facts about Cleopatra or whatever you happen to put in it. Yeah, you could absolutely just do that on a regular blank piece of paper or whatever. But it's kind of fun to have it all in a journal where the kids can flip through and look at the things that we've learned, compare, like we compare different civilizations. Like when we're flipping through, we're all, oh, look how the Greeks were different from the Egyptians. Yeah. Things like that. And it also becomes a keepsake, I think, because you're filling them out over a period of four years. You see the growth. That's four years of growth. That's four years of learning. And it's four years in one little volume too. So it's small enough to keep if you want to keep it. Yeah. And it's, I love seeing the little kid handwriting and the little kid pictures and, and just what they add to it. It's, it is a cool keepsake. And because it's theirs and they have ownership of it, like they feel an attachment to it and they're invested in it and they have fun with it. And I think it helps them learn, honestly. Yeah, I I do too. I think it helps them. I know I always, whether or not we do it in the middle of the unit or at the end, always at the end, we still look at the journals and say, oh, let's make sure, let's check each one and make sure that we added all the entries that we want to add. And we're kind of using it as a review tool and it's a good way to help them remember, oh, look, we learned this and this and this and this during this unit. So it's good on so many levels. Okay, so let's talk about how you set them up, how you make these journals. Yeah, so there are two ways that you can purchase it. If you purchase the spiral bound paperback version, it is set up for you. Like it's just, it's there. The one exception to that, I guess, is that in the book of years, there's a dotted line on each page that you cut across. Now I don't do that ahead of time. I just have my kids do that as we go. And you just cut a few pages at a time. Just a few pages. You don't have to do the entire book all at once. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's easier if it's not completely um, taken apart when you're not even on that era of history anyway. So you don't need to worry about it. So it's not important that you prep that exactly. But that is the only thing that you could say needs to be prepped if you are purchasing the spiral bound version. Yeah. The, then we also sell the student journals as a PDF that you can print yourself. If you decide to print it yourself, you can either put it in a three ring binder, you know, hole punch it and put it in a binder, or you can have it bound at a print shop, yeah. whichever way you prefer. I love to have them bound because I like that it makes it smaller and more compact and it feels like more of a special book. And you're going to be using it for four years. So it's it's worth the cost, I think. It's a couple bucks, yeah. usually. It's not a ton. And I like to make sure that when I ask them about the bindings, that they're not the kind that just 
crumble apart. You know, the comb bindings that are a little yeah. bit flimsy. Yeah, the, sp the spiral bindings are better. Yeah, I really like the spiral bindings. But there's a variety of ways. There are binding systems that people own, and that's fine yeah. too. Yeah. You could absolutely three-hole punch it and put the rings in it. That would be fine. You could keep it in a notebook, however you prefer. Um, but we tend to take our journals along with us. Like, hey, they might sit on the couch or while we're watching a movie or something. So I like it to be portable. Yeah, or even, you know, you're, especially this is true of the science notebook and maybe the geography notebook to a lesser degree, but you actually are going to take them with you on a field trip out. Yeah. You know, you go out and look at rocks and you bring your journal with you and you're sketching rocks while you're out on a field trip away from the house. So, yeah, so make sure it's transport friendly. Yeah. But they're, they're pretty simple um, as far as the flexibility. It's not like there's one right way to do it. But now they're, they're also, student journals are mostly blank because the whole point is your kids are filling them in. But they do have elements added to them that help you to use them more effectively. For example, they will have the titles of the units printed on the pages and then page numbers printed on the pages. Yeah, some have subtitles yeah. within the units too. And then in the geography, in the World Explorer Journal, it has maps of the region that you're studying as you go along. Like they're small maps. They don't take up an entire page, but that way you have the map drawn in there and you can add things to it, but you've also got lots of white space. But the point is you can just use a notebook that you purchase and make your own journals if you yeah. don't have the funds to buy these. You could use a spiral notebook or an art sketchbook or or whatever. Yeah. I, I like the art sketchbooks because they're a little bit bigger and they're really sturdy paper. Yeah. They're tougher. But but they're they're actually... They're about the same cost. Yeah. It's, <laughs> so. it's roughly the same cost. But yeah. I really love having the unit titles and, and then subtitles printed in it because it makes us accountable. Do you find that, Michelle? Like, I look at it and go, oh, we didn't do that. We need yeah, to fill we it have that to page. Fill it in. Yeah, like you feel like, oh, we should do that. Whereas if it was a blank one, it would be very easy to skip. But I mean, that's that's just my personality. It's not like yeah. you can't do it with a blank one. So there are five different student journals for each of the subjects that we have available at Layers of Learning. So there's history, geography, science, art, and one for writer's workshop. So the history one is called the Book of Years. And this was our first student journal. And this is what got us hooked on wanting to make more of these because they are so effective. We started doing this with our families without any pre-printed anything. We were just making our own. We weren't even planning on selling them. No, we just started homeschooling this way. And we loved it so much that we started to share it with people online. Like, hey, this is the book that we're building with our history lessons. And then people started to ask about it more and more. And, you know, fast forward a couple of years and we are selling them now. Everyone who asked us about it was like, how many pages do I need and how do I set it up? And we were like, we figured all of this out. We can just set it up for you. Uh, yeah. And so it, we have the timeline all set up with the right amount of pages and, and everything for you already in the book I, of years. I would say of, of any of them, the book of years is probably the hardest to set up on your own if you want to build your own. But we actually do have a post at the Layers of Learning website that shows you how to do that kind of step by step. Exactly. So if you do want to make your own with an art journal or something, the the book of years is a timeline, but it's also a history encyclopedia. It's both together. Exactly. It has a spot for the kids to journal on about what they're learning about. But then the top section 
is the timeline where you see the events from all of the different civilizations that you're studying. So a lot of people wonder, why is the timeline separate? Well, that's because there were many things happening in the world within the same time period. Right. At the same time, the Greeks were building the Parthenon. We had the Chinese doing things and the people in Peru doing things. And and if you have a timeline that's all combined, you can see that these were going on at the same time. Right. So as the timeline fills up, people figure it out. They go, oh, now I see. As When they're on the first unit, they go, why isn't the timeline just above these pages? And we just see the timeline. When you're eight or nine units in, you start to see, oh my goodness, look what's happening at the same time in different parts of the world. Well, it's really cool to see what was going on when the pyramids were built, what came before, what came after, you know, when was Stonehenge compared to the pyramids? And you don't know that until you've done this timeline. And then because it's in a book, you can stick it on your shelf or in your kid's notebook and it's not taking up your whole wall. I do like wall timelines too, but the book of yours is awesome because it's compact and it keeps all of your... The, the timeline dates, and at the same time, you've got information about each civilization on a double-page spread right below it. So you can see even more about a particular civilization. It's always fun when we're adding our timeline tags for us to add something. And then on that same page, we look at all of the things that we added in previous units. So like when I add, hey, look, in 1455, the Gutenberg Bible was printed. So that's the time of the printing press. And then you look on that same page at the things you've already added and go, oh my goodness, that's about the same time as the War of the Roses. And it's when the Aztecs were conquering the tribes around them. And just a couple years later was the life of Leonardo da Vinci and Michelangelo. And within that same hundred years, on the same page of the timeline, Christopher Columbus sailed to America. So all of those things happened in a very, very short time period. And we see them all dovetail... But see, when you're learning about them in layers of learning, they're in different units. And this, this book of yours helps you to put them all together. Exactly. They're all happening in the same overall time period. Like, that's all year three. You know, it's all mm-hmm. right there. But it's not like you can learn every single thing. People always say, why isn't it perfectly chronological? Because you can't do a how perfectly would you chronological do history curriculum because the world is too big. You wouldn't have an organized way of learning about any one group of people. Yeah. And so this is a way that even though you're learning about the distinct groups of people within an overall time period, you see in the book of years how those timelines all intertwined. And the timeline tags, which are the little um, timeline dates that you cut out and paste onto your timeline, are in each of the units. So they're in the printable pack for each of the history units. Yeah, so you know exactly what to add. Those are the significant dates from each unit. The big events and people that you learn about also have a little timeline tag. You just print it out from the printable pack, and it has the date right on it, and you just put it in the right spot on the timeline. And each of the timeline items is also talked about in that unit, so you're not just putting in something random that you have no context or understanding of. You can be you can understand it as you go through because you can read about it in the unit. Yeah, there will be an exploration that goes along with that timeline tag. And it doesn't mean that you have to do every single exploration that has a timeline tag. But in general, those are the big points that you're going to learn about. You'll come across them in your reading. You'll see them in explorations. And as you add them to your book of years, you fill out that timeline on the top. And then on the bottom section of that page, it will have pages with the unit title on it. And you'll draw little pictures and write little narrations about what you learned about those things. And you can do this kind of in any order. You can do 
the timeline at the beginning of the unit and the the illustrations and captions that you add for the each civilization at the end of the unit or in any other order. You can add timeline tags as you come across them in your learning, like one by one on different days. You can do it however you want. We usually end up doing the pictures and the captions and things little by little, but we do the timeline at the beginning. That's what I do. I put all of the timeline tags on and it's kind of like when I'm giving my kids an overview of what we're going to be learning about. I kind of say, hey, these are the big events. I usually have them cut them out and then I say, okay, put them in order. So my mm -hmm. kids like practice putting the years in order. And then we add them to it and I'll say, okay, Isabel, you read the first one and she'll read it. And then we stick it onto the right spot in the book of years. I like Jason, to, you read I, the yeah, second one. I like to have my kids find the date in the book of years too, because they have to flip through and find the right spot. And like, Exactly. They have to figure out the chronology yeah, of it. Yeah. They stick it in there as we talk about it. And I'm not teaching them every detail of the event. We're just kind of giving an overview. These are the big events that we're going to be talking about and learning about in this unit. Yeah. It might take you 10 minutes. Yeah. It's quick. I don't even use glue because when I print them, I print it onto sticker paper. You're so spoiled. And so my kids just yeah. stick it right on. <laughs> we use glue. That's why we need more glue sticks. You need, yeah, you're, yeah. you're always needing more glue We're sticks though. More glue sticks. But yeah, then it's really fun to see their handwriting and their cute little pictures and all of the things that they decide to add. If we haven't added enough as we go along, then I kind of look at those pages and say, okay, guys, what else did you learn? Let's fill up your pages. Not that it has to be 100% full, but it's kind of a motivation to record the things that they learned. Yeah. It helps and, them remember it. Can, you can do it at the end of the unit as a review where you're, as a group, you're all filling them in together or each individual child is filling in his or hers at, as a review at the end. Or you can do it as you go, like exploration by exploration, you're adding things. So Michelle, you do your book of years as a family, right? Yeah, that's the one we do as a family. So how do you do that as far as what are the other kids doing when one kid has the book of years? How do you do that? Well, right now I only have two kids, so they each sit on one side of the page and doing their own side. But if I had more than that, I mean, you can pass it around while you're reading a book out loud. That's probably what, what I do most often. We used to have all four of ours be family books. Yeah. And then I would have them like trade around like, okay, you add your entry in the book of years while you add your entry in the World Explorer Journal. You know, and it was something that we did just at the end of a unit to record what we had learned. Yeah. Now we each have our own and they use them more interactively as we're going through the unit. You can, you can so also just have depends. them, you can also have them draw pictures on a separate piece of paper and cut it out and paste it in. Yeah. It was when my kids were little and less independent, like they needed my help with the writing. Mm -hmm. They, you know, yeah. we were doing a family book because I couldn't have kept up with everyone having their own when they were pre-writers. It would have been really hard, but as my kids have grown up, they definitely want their own. So it just kind of yeah. depends. Oh, one of the questions that we get asked a lot is how the book of years is different than the big book of knowledge. Like, isn't that the same thing? So what would you say to that, Michelle? Well, the big book of knowledge is meant for the mentor instead of the child primarily. Exactly. So so it's it's mom or dad or whoever's teaching the children. It's their book where they're keeping track of these are the things we learned. And they can just jot down notes. It doesn't need to be illustrated or captioned or cute cute at all it can just be lists and you know short phrases just to jog your memory of okay this is what we learned about and then you're going to use that as your review book so that when you're 
testing them on things or you're wanting to come up with a writing assignment, you've got this bank of knowledge that you can pull from. The book of years is for the child and you won't necessarily be putting everything in there that they learned. They wouldn't necessarily have everything in there that you wanted them to memorize or review. It's just going to be select items. And often for me anyway, that's child driven. It's what they want to put in it. It's yeah. not, whereas the big book of knowledge is what I want them to learn. Yeah. One example is I don't think I've ever had my kids put a vocabulary word in their book of years. Like they don't write a word in definition you know, normally. But if we learned some important vocabulary words or people or locations or whatever it was from a unit, that's something that I would probably put in my big book of knowledge so that I can quiz them on it. It's just a reminder to me, hey, we learned about this. Yes, I would say overall that the book of years would, is probably going to have more gaps in it, you know, versus yeah. the things that you've learned. But at the same time... It's kid work. Yeah. And so it's valuable in a different way. Even though it has gaps, it's it's your kid's record. Well, the purpose is different. The, yeah. The big book of knowledge is for you to remember, oh, I should quiz my kids on this. If I had a perfect, you know, photographic memory, I wouldn't need it. But I don't. If I don't jot something down, I won't remember. And so it's just a quick and easy way. I'm going to jot this down because we learned it. That way I remember to quiz my kids on it. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about the World Explorer Journal. That's the journal that is used for geography. Yeah. And and it's got maps printed in it. If you buy the one from us, it'll have the title of the unit at the top of the page and it'll have the maps printed in it. And it is a way for them to record everything that they've learned about the world. And for the most part, geography is the world as it is today right now. So yeah. We briefly touch on history of people sometimes when it seems appropriate, like to talk about somebody's culture, for example. But for the most part, it's like, this is the world today, right now. And so you're keeping, you're making a record of that. It's not all maps either. I kind of think of the World Explorer Journal as being my kids' own student atlas that they're making. Yeah. You know how the really cute children's atlases, it'll have the map on mm -hmm. one part of the page and then around it, it will... Maybe have a picture of a plate of food or a costume or, you know, just facts and yeah. interesting things about that country. Yeah. So that's what they're doing. When they learn about a place, they might draw the flag. They might draw, you know, a traditional costume or a holiday or whatever stuck out to them. They're going to add a little picture and write a little description about it. Anything that they learned. Yeah. And, and all through the layers of learning units you will find explorations that direct you to put something into your student journal. Here's one that is from uh, Maps and Globes, which is the very first unit in the People and Planet course. And it's called Where is Earth in Space? In this exploration, there is a printable that has all the planets in order. They're drawn, and then the child colors them, cuts them out, and they glue it into their World Explorer journal. So sometimes the kids are drawing, sometimes they're gluing in parts of printables. We have quite yeah. a few printable and, and aspects. A lot, yeah, a lot of times they're foldables, so y you will be able to unfold or lift a flap and you've got more information in the book. There's so like there, a pocket with little cards in it right. or different things like there's, that. There's fun things to add to it too. And again, you don't have to do all of the exploration, so that one might not be in your World Explorer journal. It just depends on what you choose to do and what whether or not you do any of the printables from the unit that are designed to go into the World Explorer Journal, you can still fill the World Explorer Journal up with your own drawings and captions and ideas. And you'll see, like right in that exploration, the one you were talking about, Michelle, Where is Earth in Space? It tells you 
cut this out, add it to your World Explorer journal. It's very clear when there is a printable that goes in it, you'll know what to do with it because it walks you right through what to do. Yeah, it tells you where to put it. I really love that as my kids make their World Explorer journal, you start to see the diversity of the world in clear ways. Like you can flip a page and even without the title of the page, the kids can be like, I know that one. They recognize each culture, each nation, each location that they've learned about because they're unique and interesting and, and distinct from one another. And that really shows when they have made them all side by side in the pages of their World Explorer journal. Okay, the next student journal is the Science Notebook. This one is intentionally designed to replicate the way that real scientists keep lab notebooks and field journals because it's an actual tool that real scientists use all the time and it's actually necessary for any scientist who's doing any kind of experimental work at all. They need to keep track of what they've done. They have to have dates. They have to have initialed things. It has to be very clear so while they're working on their experiment or while they're in the field observing something, they're taking notes, making pictures, and being very meticulous about their procedures. They're writing down everything. And then later on, they go and they write it up into a paper. Okay, so the, so the journal or the, the science notebook is replicating that record keeping that real scientists do. Yeah, I think it's probably the most different from the others yeah. of the notebooks that we offer or the student journals that we offer. It is a completely authentic scientific experience. Yeah. The truth is that scientists, if they haven't recorded something and made it reproducible, they don't get credit for it. It doesn't it, actually it doesn't count. count. You, you could discover a completely new thing, but it wouldn't matter if you didn't record it, publish it, and have it clear enough that someone else can reproduce yeah. what you've done. In, in fact, the lab notebook that a like say say a chemist keeps a lab notebook the lab notebook that they keep is an official legal record of what they've done and anyone can come along later and say i want to see your original lab notes and you have to be able to pull it out and show them so you're partly teaching your kids the science you're partly teaching them how real scientists work and the process okay now that being said about all its authenticity <laughs> we still have times when kids are just drawing pictures and they're putting foldables into their notebook. It still is, it's a kid version of a real scientist. Exactly. Notebook. So it's, it's made to be more fun and lighthearted and it does have, you know, colorful things and foldables and printable things that are added to it that are probably a real scientist wouldn't really do that. But it, this is for kids, you know, admittedly, we also have quite a few experiments that are more step-by-step -step demonstrations. Recipes than, recipes than real experiments. Because those things have already been discovered, but kids are learning the process. And so it's an important step on the way to understanding how real scientists work. Okay, now because it is designed after an authentic science notebook, it does not have a table of contents and it does not have page headings. That's intentional because the way that it, it works is that as you're going through your science notebook, you're going to be adding a title and then you're going to put that in the table of contents and you're going to give it a page number. And you're, you're going to be keeping track of that because every single experiment gets its own page. And since we don't know which experiments you're going to do, this is not a scripted curriculum. You are going to be putting your own experiments on each page, page by page. And honestly, we could very, very easily have set it up just like we did the others where it has page titles and all of that. We chose not to because we wanted it to be more authentic for your kids. We wanted them to experience 
the actual yeah. science notebook experience. We put a little space in there for the date. It has to be dated to be real. We put a little space in there on the, on each page for initials. It has to be initialed or it's not real. And that's how real scientists do it. So that's why we have set it up the way we have. The pages in the science notebook are just blank, except that they have a space for the title, a space for the initials, a space for the date. They're numbered. They're pre-numbered for you. And the background is a light gray grid, which makes it much easier to make T-charts and to draw any kind of graph or graphs or graphics or apparatus. Even, even when you're drawing, let's say you're drawing a tree out in nature, the graph kind of helps you to scale it. Right. You know, it gives things you like grid that. that you can scale it to. Yeah. yeah. So that was something that we wanted your kids to have a, a little tool, but we want them to fill their science notebook with their actual scientific discoveries, with what they're learning. Yeah. And then as they go, they build that table of contents and that becomes this log of all of the things that they have actually experimented or observed yeah. throughout the year. And, and the table of contents, that is also authentic to scientists' notebooks. They leave a couple pages blank at the front for their table of contents and they write it in as they go. That's exactly how it's really done. The other difference between this journal and the others is that you may or may not fill it up before the four years. It's so many pages and when it's full, then you get a new one and start over. So I, I personally like to have one for each year of science because then all of my earth science is in one notebook. All of my biology is in one notebook, but you can just keep using it until you fill it up if you like. Different kids are going to do a different number of pages and experiments. Yeah. So you, just when it's full, that's volume one and you go on. Start the next volume. The art sketchbook is probably going to be a little bit more uh, colorful and creative than the other student journals in the end. I hope. <laughs> that would be good. Like that's That's the goal of the art units. So one of the cool things about it, though, it connects famous art and art movements with your own creativity. So throughout the art units, you will have explorations that talk about a specific artist or a specific theme that was happening in the art world at a certain time period. And then kids will be asked to make their own version. So you might be making your own version of Van Gogh's Starry Night, or you might just be making a different Impressionist painting. But one way or another, you're kind of connecting the history of art with your own creativity. And I love that about the art yeah, sketchbook. And, and both of those things are like, they'll be side by side in the book and you can see it together. You've got your little bio of Van Gogh and your little reproduction of his art that you did yourself. Yeah. So we could very easily give worksheets with, you know, fill in the blank, true, false, matching type questions to go with the art history. We don't. We don't really love that style. Instead, we like kids to learn about things and then basically turn around and create their own version or kind of creatively tap into what they learned and make their own. So you will see little clip art tidbits and things within the art sketchbook. Sometimes it'll say like, I don't have one in front of me right now, but I'm just remembering the unit that's about prehistoric art it talks about the color scheme that artists used during those days and it was based on earth tones because they were using natural materials from the earth to paint with and so it has a little palette on there and the kids fill in some earth tone colors that they might have seen in prehistoric art in addition there's a lot of blank space 
for them to add their own drawings of cave paintings or rock art or other things that they learned about during the unit. The first geography unit teaches you how to build and use your World Explorer Journal. So the Maps and Globes unit kind of has an exploration that walks you through that. You can spend an entire day building it. You can make your own cover for it and and uh, the kids get introduced to it. The science, first science unit also does that, the how science works. It teaches you the science notebook, the importance of it and how to build one and walks kids through how to use it. So those two journals are taught as explorations in the first two units. The book of years is not taught that way. It's not taught, but each of the history units has a timeline portion at the beginning that directs you on adding those parts to your timeline. And the the art does the same thing. It will just tell you when to put things in and what to put in as you're going through the units. It will say, do this in your art sketchbook. Yeah. And then you just open up your art sketchbook to that page and you do the activity in there. Yeah. Or you add, you paste something in. You'll also find printables that go, you know, that you cut out and put right into the art sketchbook. Often there are art cards You can either put those in a pocket and put them right in your art sketchbook, or if you prefer, you can, you know, laminate them and keep them separate. It depends on what you're wanting to use them for exactly. But there are a lot of printables and little additional things that are provided that you can add in. So I think, like many other things in life, it's more useful for you and you learn more from it by doing it than by just reading it. Oh, yeah. Just experiencing what someone else has made. And that's essentially what this is. We're making encyclopedias of each of these subjects but the kids are making them. They're yeah. not just reading them. We're combining the learning methods. So they're reading, they're writing, they're drawing, they're discussing. They're doing all of that together to create this student journal. And that really helps kids to retain and understand what they have been learning about. In general, when my kids are doing things in the art sketchbook, I don't have a lot of rules for them necessarily. But I do tell them constantly Everything that you put in your art sketchbook should be colorful, neat, and complete. I'm always telling them that, like, colorful, neat, and complete, colorful, neat, and complete. I don't want their art sketchbook to be something at the end that they're not proud of. I want it to be, like, something that excites them. I think that goes for all of the the student journals. Yeah, it really does. But there's something that happens when they start to take pride in the pages that they're doing. Mm -hmm. They get excited about it. And so I love just applauding them, being like, wow. That is so colorful. That's so, you know, even if it's a black and white piece of art, if it's intentionally black and white, that's colorful, just in a different way, you know. (laughs) And so I love, I give little reminders, but I don't super grade or, you know, I'm not harsh on their work in it. We applaud it a lot. Yeah. Do do your kids show off their stuff that they like? Do they show each other? Pretty much without fail all the time. Like my kids love sharing stuff like that. Mine do too. And they like to compare what they have with somebody else and, you know. And I think keeping the positive tone is really essential for that to happen. Yeah. I, I love it when one kid will share their entry and then the other kid goes, I forgot that part. I've got to add it. Or, you know, <laughs> yeah. like they just, they get excited about remembering the things that we learned and sharing what they put in there. And so it's kind of a fun interactive part of our homeschool. Even though it's their personal journal, they still interact a lot with each other. Garrett got hung up. This was in the book of years, actually, but he got hung up on the maps because in our history encyclopedia, there's always a map showing where the people were, like uh-huh. their, their civilizations. Giving area, you some context. Yeah. And he would always draw the map. And he's, and one time I said, you know, I could just like print you one off 
you know, from the internet or something. He's like, no, I want to draw the map. <laughs> he and he was he takes pride in every, it. Yeah, it was yeah. a big deal. And he would do it really carefully and then he'd color it nicely and have his key. And I mean, it, it, yeah. It is amazing how if you look at a map, you look at the map and then you turn away and don't think of it. When you draw it, it really like. You remember it. You remember it. It becomes mm-hmm. part of you. If I looked at a map and then closed the book and had to draw a map, it's hard. Yeah, it's really hard. It's actually really Even hard. Even if it's someplace that you know really well, like your own state or your own country. Yeah, it takes a great deal of thought. <laughs> so I love it when kids combine, like they're combining the drawing, the writing, the, all of it together because they really absorb the information. Let's talk about the writer's journal, which is slightly different from the others, partly because you're using it more often, I think. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a daily thing or pretty close to daily, whereas the the other journals you might use occasionally. Yeah. And then also it's, it's more writing than it is pictures. Yeah. Sometimes ours has pictures, but yeah. most of it is just writing. And the writer's journal, more than the others... I always tell my kids what a private thing it is. Not only would I not grade it, but I don't even read what they write unless they want me to. Because I treat it like a journal. Yeah. Like they can write whatever they want. They can pour their heart and soul into it. And People are more free when they know no one else will look at it. They right. can be completely authentic. It, it's really hard to write about the things that really matter to you if you know that somebody might like criticize it or judge it or and so I like there to be a place that my kids can just write without inhibition but the same thing that is the same about it is that it is personal each child is making their own yeah and my kids love looking through their writers journals and you know Michelle when we were kids and we used to journal with our family oh yeah do you still have yours Probably not, but that's because I have zero sentimentality. I, I still have mine <laughs> from sure when I was do. little. Like, And it's so funny. There's an entry that I saw in there. When we shared a room, we had a goldfish. And one day the goldfish disappeared. I remember the goldfish disappearing. And we couldn't figure out what happened. The, Into like the, thin air. We the, thought it was just evaporated. Yeah, the fishbowl was still there. The water was all happy and intact. Everything was good. The fish gone. Just gone. We, yeah, we even asked our mom if it had died and she'd flushed it or something. But no. So I had this whole journal entry about Goldie with the picture that I had drawn we when I was creative little. creative in our naming. Yeah, we, <laughs> I miss Goldie. I don't, but <laughs> you're not sentimental. I'm not sentimental. <laughs> but I love seeing that. Like I had my little kid handwriting and this awesomely atrocious little drawing of our fishbowl. <laughs> like it was actually cute, but you know. For my, I don't know how old we were. Skill level. Probably. You were probably like six or seven, I would guess. Yeah. All I know is I don't think that I would remember a lot of the things that had happened in my childhood, except they're in my little cute journal. (laughs) And I like that my kids get to write whatever is on their mind in their writer's journal. It's just, they don't always even write journal entries about the things that are happening in their life. Sometimes they write a journal entry that's kind of more of an assignment style. But if it's just a starting out piece where I haven't perfected this, it's full of mistakes, I don't even know if it's something I really want to write about completely yet, and they're just kind of writing, they put it in their journal. That's their own personal starting place. The journal is in writer's workshop, it, you're constantly told, journal about this, or put this in your journal, or make a journal entry. It's all through there. Not everything in there is journal work. Sometimes there's printables and other things too, but a lot of it is journaling. A lot of it is. And then I often have my kids 
go through their journal when it's time to start like a writing project or something, I'll say, well, look through your journal and see if there's something that sparks yeah. your interest. And they'll be like, oh, I forgot I started that story. Yeah, I mm-hmm. want to I wanna write that story. And that's when it leaves the journal. It's not like you take it out, but, you know, that's kind of their sloppy copy version. And this time they're actually writing the story to take it through the writing process and turn it into their writing project for the month. Not every journal entry becomes a writing project. Most of them don't. But I like that the writer's journal is a spot for them to just write without worries. Okay, so student journals, just a real quick recap. There's five, and their purpose is for children to be able to make an o- their own record of their learning, their own, I don't know, their own creative keepsake of all the things that they've learned, and to train them on writing and thinking and gleaning information so there's the Book of Years, the World Explorer Journal, the Science Notebook, the Art Sketchbook, and the Writer's Journal. When you have all five of those together, you have a perfect package of what your kids have learned over that era of their homeschool time. So because they last year to year, you've got like, hey, this is what you did when you were little. And then this is what you did in your junior high time. And then here's you in high school. And it's an awesome snapshot of your homeschool. Thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating wherever you listen. Ratings and comments help people find happy family style homeschooling. Visit us at layersoflearning.com, at Instagram, and on our Facebook group. And make sure to tune in next month for the next podcast. In the meantime, we wish you happiness in your homeschool. Have fun learning! learning.